You're listening to Christmas on 7 Sport. Hello and welcome along to a brand new series this Christmas here on 7 Sport called the 12 Games of Christmas. And I'm delighted to say that on this episode, we are joined by former Bristol Rovers and Gloucester City manager, uh, former Gloucester City manager, Lee Mansell. Lee, how are you, mate? I'm very well, mate. Thank you very much. Very well. Just getting ready for the busy Christmas period. Um, other than that, life's good, mate. Thank you. Christmas period, obviously, you're a man who, who played in the Football League for, for a number of years. How does Christmas differ now than it did back when you were playing? Well, I can have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I can eat what I want on Christmas Day. That's not a problem. Um, no, it's, it's been real. It's been a, quite an adjustment from coming out, of, obviously, the, of the game full-time playing and then into what I would call normality. Um yeah, you you have to be careful. Obviously, on Christmas Day, it's it's a day really for the kids and, and mm. for other family members. For me, playing it was never it was just a normal normal day before a match day. So I would do exactly the same things, but I just sit. I just instead of like having chicken, I'd end up having turkey for pasta. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty much how it, Christmas days went for me. Did you ever, you know, plan a, a sneaky suspension in there? Cheeky yellow card, red card, maybe? No, do you know what? I never did. And I, yeah, it was just whether it happened. I don't know if I've, I think I only missed one, and that was just all it just happened organically. It wasn't any thought process behind it. <laughs> like that. I can tell you, I wasn't because you know, I just wanted to play every single game. Like, yeah, like I know, like people sometimes, you know, as you got the Neymar one where he, he does it, doesn't he? Where he all, all of a sudden keeps his suspension until Christmas time and he gets like 12 days off or whatever. <laughs> but no, that didn't interest me. Christmas is the best time as a professional footballer to play your football. It's class, like the Christmas the Christmas period, like Boxing Day. The Boxing Day games are brilliant. Then you've got, obviously, the ones normally 27, 28. Then you've got New Year's Day. It's three massive fixtures. And you get really good bumper crowds in. So, for me, it was always a case of wanting to play in them. Mm. Now, for, for this series, obviously, as, as I sort of said before we started recording, it's looking at, you know, favourite games you've played in. You know, I've got the Wikipedia up in front of me. I, I can see you know, FA Cup, FA Trophy, you know, playing at Wembley, you know, playing in the Football League. You've made 566 club appearances, you know, so it's going to be a, a tough question to ask, I know, but can you pick a, a favourite game or, or pinpoint, a, you know, almost the most key game or favourite game you played in? Uh, that's, that's a real difficult one, to be honest with you, because every game, you know, you've always got your memorable ones where, mm-hmm. You know, you've scored, you've scored a couple and obviously people might go, oh, Wembley's got to be your favourite game. Um, Wembley was good. It was enjoyable. It was it was brilliant. But if you looked at the game, the the one time I played for Rovers there, we were awful. We were dog shit, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> uh, but I did get the magical moment at the end of scoring, um, which was amazing. But for, for probably my, you know, they'll probably do it in different times in, in terms of clubs. So my debut was my debut was probably my standout game of what 17, 18 years, uh, and that was just due to the fact that I was eighteen. It was a QPR in the FA Cup. I scored after a minute. I actually played all right as well because I'd got chucked in maybe two or three hours beforehand, uh, so it wasn't much time to think about it. And it was also just um, a culmination of when you're a kid and you're eleven years age playing for Gloucester Primary Schools. And then you're doing all the schoolboy trips up to Luton. And that sacrifice 
Like when you have when your mates are at Casey's at sixteen, breaking the fire door down, getting in there. Do you know what I mean? And I'm sat at home. Do you know what I mean? Because I've got a, a youth team match the next day. So that that debut was no one could ever take that away from me. Not mm. anyone. It might in that that's it. I made a professional appearance, and that really it just wasn't just for me, but it's obviously the family, especially my mum and dad, who had to drive here, there, and everywhere. That was probably the the standout moment for me um, was just to say, do you know what? I've actually done it. And then what followed on after that was was just a bonus because the hardest part is, well, one of the hardest parts is getting there. Yeah. Then you're actually doing your debut and then maintaining that level all the way through is probably the most difficult thing of all. Um, so like you said, 500 odd games off the back of it, but you always remember that first one and I've still got it 20, well, well over 20 years later now. And you you mentioned there, you know, you were chucked in a couple of hours before. Can you still remember finding out that you were going to not only be a part of the squad, but also playing the game? Yeah, so I, we have a, we were at like a, a loop and we had a training ground and we were at a different place to train. Um, and then I got a phone call. We'd done a gym session the day before. I got a phone call from the, um, from the club. I actually went to the gym reception and said, oh, is it like, come up on the tunnel. Is Lee Mansell there? So I'll come over. Well, if I know it's, it's your manager and he said listen I don't want you to do the gym I want you to come and travel with us tomorrow so normally if you've done alright on the Saturday you would travel with the first team and you'd ha- help the kit man hang up get all the pants up and everything like that I was like yeah no problems at all so went back helped the kit lady get the kit ready for the next day thinking that was it got to the hotel and obviously you, you do what the it's, it's a brilliant learning experience because you do what the first team are doing mm-hmm. um and obviously, I hand it, put all the kids out, and all that sort of stuff. And then, must have been, well, probably an hour and a half. Little chillo put the team sheet back, and my name was in the middle of it. And I was like, "What in the heck?" Like, and I didn't have too much time. I knew I was travelling, mm. and because they'd had a lot of injuries, I thought, you know, the the, the slight, probably like five percent chance of getting on the bench. So, mum and dad, auntie, uncle, my brother, um, that all come up to Loftus Road. And yeah, never in my wildest dreams did I think I'd be starting that game. You, had you been around the first team? Had you been named in matchday squads up until that point at all? Never been in a matchday squad. Um, I trained quite a fair bit with them. Uh, but yeah, never never involved in a matchday squad. So it was like, you know, I'd done that a couple of times where I'd travel and put kit out. But yeah, that was just uh, yeah, it was just a crazy. I just remember that paper going over, and I had a good friend of mine, um, Liam George, who they oh, actually replaced, and he mm-hmm. was sat next to me. So obviously he's raging because he's not playing. This is FA Cup third round qualifier um, uh, replay, sorry. And so he's absolutely raging, and I'm having to stand like sit, basically sit on my hands because I want to get up. And so I just went and took myself into the shower, and I was like, oh my god, please don't fuck this up, please don't fuck it up. And as it happened, I had a dream start to it and the rest of that season kind of didn't look back. Because Loftus Road is is quite a, an old school ground anyway, particularly at that, at that time, it would have been, you know, quite close to, to the pitch. You know what I mean? It, compared to some of the yeah. new stadiums now. Can you remember much of, you know, being on the pitch and, and almost soaking up the atmosphere at all? Well, I remember going out to warm up um, and, you know, when everyone does all the names, like, oh, Stuart Fraser, number 15, like um, Stuart Douglas, number nine, they go, hey, and they, and they come out, Lee Mansell, number 32, and everyone's like, what the fuck, who's this? Like, <laughs> so, that was, that was a kid from the youth team, and um, 
yeah, and I just remember the buzz about the place and everything. Everything is really tight there at Loftus Road. You're right, and it's really compact. It's quite a hostile atmosphere. The changing rooms weren't great either. I remember there was tiles hanging off the wall, and um, yeah, I just remember obviously putting the shirt. I'm assuming my shirt now with name and number on the back of it, long sleeve one, baggy as anything. Not like what they wear now. Everything's tight. It was like a one size fits all shop. Um, not the skin tight stuff they're wearing at the minute. So. Yeah, put my shirt on, walked on out and just, you know, I was a bit overawed, to be honest with you. But as soon as the game kicked on, and I think I think it was my second touch. I think I had a tackle. I made a tackle, won the tackle. And then the second touch, I, you know, it was a left foot volley blast, uh, Ludic McCloskey after a minute. And I just, yeah, just couldn't believe it. And I just, you get this 10 second window. Any footballer will tell you, you get a 10 second window when you score. When you just, It doesn't matter what level you're at, you just go nothing enters your realm I just, just doing this yeah just remember doing this running half length of the pitch and doing that in front of the Luton fans so they could see your white pass um, yeah and, yeah. and then the rest of the game went really well um, you know we were one and out for a large amount of time and then Chris Kawamia scored twice um, they got the equaliser and then the second one into added time I got a knee in the back of the head I went out for a header I got a knee in the back of the head by Richard Langley it should have been blatant foul I was down on the deck uh, thinking it was referee who's going to blow one, uh, blow for a free kick. Yeah, next thing you know, ball ends up in the back of the net. But it was like surreal when you think about the players. Like I was playing against Kawamia, Peter Crouch, and Klosko, like lads that have played have gone on and had mm. massive careers and stuff. So to be on the same pitch with him as an 18 year old coming out of youth team football was crazy. And nowadays, of course, with, with VAR and, and things like that, there's always a chance that the referee probably gives that. Oh, they would have taken that back, let, let me tell you. They'd have taken, <laughs> <laughs> they'd taken it back and gave them a straight red. But, uh, yeah. Because obviously yeah. you said about, you know, the first game helping you shape your, your career. Um, you know, it would be a miss of us to to not mention, you know, the, the Wembley game a bit more. So you said they're not a particularly good game. But I guess for moments, it's probably right up there for you. Oh, I think as as a moment, yeah, hundred um, percent. But I've I've been fortunate enough to play there three times, so really lucky in my career to be able to do that. So obviously twice with Torquay, once we lost in the trophy final to Ebbsfleet, uh, then we got promotion there with Cambridge against Cambridge, sorry, and then obviously the icing on the cake was the the promotion with Rovers. But yeah, it was definitely a, a surreal feeling and. That, I think that was. I think that the attendance was about sixty odd thousand. I think it was, which you know is probably the most I'd ever played in front of as well. And just that day it was so hot and stuffy, and we were we were crap. But like when we weren't great during that season, we just found a way to win the game. Um, Ellis scored a great goal, um, left foot volley from a corner. I should get the assist for that because if you notice, <laughs> if you go back watching the clip when he's about to strike it. I give Ollie Palmer one and uh, fling him out of the way and Ellis gets a clear shot of targets. So we'll take an assist for that one. So, yeah, as I say, it's it's a fantastic thing to have on your CV and to have on your record. Like you said, you bring up Wikipedia and it's a lifelong memory. Scoring the penalty, winning penalty at any Wembley final is stuff dreams are made of when we were kids growing up. And what other games sort of stand out for, for you in terms of, you know, being up there as potential, you know, favourites when you look back at your career? Uh, oh, we had one at um, Torquay when we played Plymouth. So that was, I think it was under Martin Ling, probably about 2012, something like that. And um, we were on a really good, rich vein of form. We were pushing for the playoffs and we'd beat Plymouth at our place. Mm-hmm. 
And by, by the way, every Devon derby is, it doesn't matter if it's Devon, um, Plymouth Exeter, Torquay Exeter, you know, vice versa. They're all hot-blooded affairs, even in yeah. like season games. Um, so we gave them a real good spanking at our place, and it was 4-1 or something. Like, you know Kane scored a brace. Absolute worldy of a second goal. I remember him lobbing the keeper from Larry, I think it was, from 40-odd yards. It was a crazy goal. Anyway, we, we went down to there. I think it was I think it was Boxing Day, and it was the first time... Uh, Torquay had gone down there. Yeah. I think it was about twenty odd years or something like that. So as you can imagine, there's there's probably the home attendance. Home park's a massive ground. Yeah, only three thousand goals were there, which is which is pretty much like the average home attendance. So, and I just remember we were one there like Billy Bowden scored, and then I remember you and I came knocking one back to me, and I was just about by the penalty spot as it come across and angled ones into the bottom corner, and it's just it's just an amazing feeling, like just. It's one, yeah. It's one of those standout moments that I'll never forget. So I just remember celebrating as you do the ten-second window. This crazy knee slide, and you've just got three thousand people just coming over the top of you, and all the lads. And that just, it was just, yeah. To have that moment, a double over uh, Plymouth, which hadn't been done in forty odd years, was was amazing. But I've been fortunate to play at some great grounds as well. Old Trafford in the when we played Stevenage in the League Two playoff final. Um, unfortunately, I didn't go our way, but that was a great experience as well. Um, Bradford was always another good place, you know, the huge stand, 18,000 there in League Two, League One, which was you know, insane. Um, Southampton as well, scoring there, that's that was brilliant as well. So there's loads of good ones. There's, there's loads of good, good loads of good games, but there's definitely loads of shitters as well. <laughs> so um, you still remember them as well. But like I said, they're, they're probably my standout ones that I've had. Were there any away grounds that you almost looked forward to going to and, and going to play at? Um, I loved I loved going to Exeter for the for the abuse that we got. <laughs> uh, really, yeah, I really did enjoy that. I loved the derby game. Something that had something that had a lot on it. Um, I hated going to Accrington um, just because well, it's it's not like it is now. You go to Accrington now, the pitch is pristine. Um, when we went there. The, the change rooms had asbestos in it. It was like, you you know, like how Tuffley Rovers was before yeah. it's just been knocked down. It was, the Atkinson's change rooms were pretty much like that. The pitch was full of sand. It was, you know, you come off and you've got the sand burns all up and down your leg. It was, yeah, horrendous. Hated going there. But um, yeah, there was loads of places. But I, I loved the, the the Devon derbies were amazing. Um, I don't think anywhere else where, Gillingham, I enjoyed going and play at Gillingham. That was another a good place to play football. I, I just enjoyed going to the big stadiums as well and just getting the atmospheres of them. It just you can't beat an old school ground. And and almost flipping it, we haven't actually asked anyone this uh, elsewhere in the series. But what would be the the worst game or or the worst place you've been to? <laughs> I can tell you this now, and if you ever do do one with Kevin Nicholson, who's assistant manager at Exeter. He will tell you this story. We went to Eastbourne Borough, so we stopped in at Brighton on the Brighton and the hotel and the hotel. Um, then we made our way over there, and there was a lad called Matt Crab, right? And I was playing right back for Torquay, and I got he was must have been four foot and a fag end. I, I kid you not, he was yeah, he was so small, but he's beat me at the back post twice. I've had an absolute, oh, no. yeah. I've had an absolute shit over again. I was playing right back. We lost. We ended up losing the game four two. It was absolutely freezing. Eastbourne at the time, their their ground was well, 
probably like Tuffley Rovers, truth be told. Um, and yeah, it, I, it was just one of those. If you could do, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. I would have done that there and then. I just wanted the ground to swallow me up, right? But there's been a there's been a lot of shit. There's been a fair few shitters, but that was that's the one that stands out, and I still get it at this moment. So we have a talk United reunion or anything like that. The lads will say to me, "Hey, you still in touch with Krabby?" So it's not forgotten by them either. Still in touch with him? It sounds like you didn't have touch with him at all. That's why he beat you twice in the back post. Honestly, I've got underneath the first one and he come up and then the second one, he come over the top of me. I was like, he's got to have some spring on him. But then I just realised it was just some of it. It's just one of those days where just nothing went right. So you just got older hold your hand up. And what was the rest of the night you made like? Did he, did he, did he rinse you a few times or was it literally? No, just no, it was, it was literally just those two moments. Cross <laughs> come in, shot Nico, left his, left his winger to get two crosses in. And uh, yeah, I just didn't, didn't defend the back post. I did after that because the rollicking I got off Paul Buckle was crazy. But uh, you just got to sit there and take it. But like I said, yeah, 4 2, it was just a horrendous game of football as well. Oh, absolutely awful. And uh, that year we got pipped out for promotion against Exeter in the playoff final, in the playoff semis. So that was a season of nightmares. <laughs> and we, we kind of spoke about it um, before we started recording, but do you miss playing? Yeah, I do. I do miss playing. Um, don't miss the feeling of when I got up on a Sunday morning when I turned third, well, about 30 ish. And I'd, I'd had a lot of games at that time, and the body was starting to creak and just felt awful. Look, it'd take me a good day just to get back to some form of normality. Um, but I do, I miss, the, I miss playing, I miss the buzz of it, um, I miss the competitive nature of it. That's why I've started playing cricket because you just, you know, it's, it's inbred in you from such a young age just to be a winner. And, yeah. um, you know, I need I needed something when I dropped out of the game to then go into. You know, I needed to get that competitive spark back or get something to do that. I was missing it massively, so I got into cricket. But as a yeah, as a player, God, there was there was nothing. There's nothing better than a five o'clock win or you know a last minute goal to either, either get the draw if your your back's against the wall or um, you know getting that last minute win. I was just an incredible feeling. It's just yeah, you miss it. You really do. Well, Lee, thank you very much for joining us on this episode of 12 Games of Christmas. Uh, obviously, have a, a good holiday period as well. And uh, hopefully we'll see you on a pitch or in a dugout potentially soon somewhere. <laughs> That's the dream, surely, isn't it? <laughs> you can start with that. And all your thing is I'm very happy. Not as grey as what I was probably, what, 18 months ago. So I'm in a happy place at the minute. Stop trying to stoke the fire. <laughs> Lee, thanks very much for joining us. Cheers, mate. For the best sports coverage in the West, visit 7sport.co.uk.